0: What is up everybody it is JT Sports. I am back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast and on this episode I'm here with my college football week four preview and predictions. We're going to be talking about Notre Dame taking on Wisconsin Texas A&M and Arkansas are playing in my game of the week, and Rutgers going on the road to take on Michigan. Now, if this is your first time listening to the JT Sports podcast, welcome! Thank you for tuning in. Make sure that you follow me on my social media pages. My Instagram and Twitter are both JT Sports underscore. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JT Sports underscore. And if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is JT Sports. Now, the first matchup that we have to talk about, we have Notre Dame taking on Wisconsin. This game is going to be played 12 p.m. Eastern time this Saturday on Fox. Wisconsin is going into this game as of right now as a five and a half point favorite. Now, the last time I saw Wisconsin play, they were defeated by Penn State week one. And I feel like Wisconsin beat themselves that game. Okay, they had a lot of miscommunication. You had some turnovers. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Penn State. Okay, Penn State won a game. Not trying to take away their victory. Penn State is a really good football team as they defeated a really solid Auburn team this past Saturday. But I believe that if Wisconsin was to play Penn State again... I would take Wisconsin. Now, you look at Wisconsin, okay? You cannot be a ball control team and then eat up so much time off the clock and then have turnovers. You also came away empty on a couple of red zone trips. So, Wisconsin, I want to see if they're able to clean up the problems that they had week one against Penn State and this game against Notre Dame. And the reason why I'm so excited for this matchup is because Both these two teams, if they were to look at themselves in the mirror, they would see each other, okay? Wisconsin. Great offensive line play, great tight ends is what you normally think about when it comes to Wisconsin. And also playing really good defense. Same thing for Notre Dame. Good offensive line play, good tight ends, and also being known for playing really good defense. So these are two programs who have similar playing styles. Now, I do believe that Notre Dame's offense has improved compared to what it was last year. And I think that this Notre Dame offense is a little bit better than what a lot of people are giving their credit for. When you think about Notre Dame, everybody just talks about running back Kyron Williams, who is one of the best running backs in all of college football. But I think it's a little bit more to this Notre Dame offense than just him. Okay, you have Jack Koinak quarterback who has been really good so far this year. And before we get even deeper into this um preview and prediction, I want to nip a common, you know, conception. In the bud because there's going to be a lot of Notre Dame fans who are going to say JT Notre Dame is going to have the advantage because Jack Horn used to play for Wisconsin so he knows their play calls he knows their hand signals Notre Dame's defense is going to be prepared that's false and the reason why that's not a good narrative is because first of all it's not all that hard for Wisconsin to just switch around their hand signals like it's not really all that difficult so I just want to go ahead and nip that common misconception in the bud because I know there's a lot of Notre Dame fans who are probably going to say that they're going to say Jack Cohen is going to have this Notre Dame defense prepared because he's going to give away their plays and things like that. Like, it's not that difficult to change your hand signals and how you call in the plays. But Jack Cohen has been really good, and he has so far exceeded my expectations for how he's played. Like, you think about that game against Toledo when um, I think he had missed... Um, he had dislocated his thumb. He ended up popping it back in. and he came in and threw the game-winning touchdown pass. Like, I've been really impressed with how Jack Cohen has performed so far. And he's going to have to have a big game against a Notre Dame defense that right now... Um, am kind of struggling. I really feel like this offense has been the reason why Notre Dame has won the games they've played in so far compared to the defense, which may sound a little bit crazy to say, but I think it's the truth. I kind of feel like this offense for Notre Dame has been carrying the Notre Dame defense led by defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman. And that goes into my next question that I have about Notre Dame going into this game. Will Marcus Freeman have this defense rolling? Has Notre Dame finally figured out what they like to do defensively because Notre Dame's defense hasn't really been that good this year compared to what it was last year, okay? they're 69th in college football and rushing yards per game allowed, allowing 148.3 rushing yards per game. They're also allowing 4.3 yards per attempt. And that's really concerning when you look at a Wisconsin team that first of all is really good up front when it comes to their offensive line. And a Wisconsin team that loves to run the football Like, one thing about Wisconsin is that this team is going to run the football. I wish I could find a woman that is committed to me as much as Wisconsin is to running the football because Wisconsin will run the ball and they will not stop until you prove that you can stop it. And it's it's really amazing how committed Wisconsin is to running the football, man. Like in this day and age of college football, everybody's leaning towards a more air raid offense, wanting to have all of these dynamic plays in the passing game, but you still have Wisconsin who's still doing things kind of the old-fashioned way, playing hard-nosed football on both sides of the football and running the ball and you know for Notre Dame if you're an Irish fan you definitely have to be a little bit concerned about your run defense heading into this game so is Marcus Freeman going to have you know some of the issues on defense cleaned up in this game also you look at Wisconsin's offense okay Wisconsin. I feel like week one against Penn State, you know, we didn't really see this Wisconsin offense in full form per se. Uh, I think they had a couple of guys out. You know, there was kind of some rust issues there. You had some mishandled handoffs by Graham Mertz. And I just really feel like Wisconsin's offense wasn't in, you know, full season shape. They were still trying to knock the rust off. So I think that this offense is going to be better this game against um, Notre Dame than what they were week one against Penn State. Now, you look at both of these two teams. They have to be really efficient and make the most out of every possession on offense, because Notre Dame and Wisconsin both have these ball-control kind of mindsets when it comes to their offense, okay? They like to take a lot of time off the clock, and when you do that, you're going to tire out the opposing team's defense, but also the negative Arm um, effect of that's the fact that okay you're not going to have a lot of possessions so you're looking at wisconsin and notre dame both of these two teams are probably going to have about you know 50 to 40 plays combined because they're not going to have a lot of opportunities to have the ball so that also means that turnovers and what these two teams do in the red zone are going to be extremely important because when you look at what these two teams do in the red zone Depending on how much success they have is going to determine who's going to win this game. Okay, which team is going to be able to score and make the most out of the red zone possessions? Which team is going to be able to come away with touchdowns instead of field goals? Like, the red zone is going to be really important. Now, the time of possession battle and the turnover battle is also going to be really important as well. Because, of course, when you have two teams that are going to be having the ball for very long durations of this game... If you have one turnover, that can drastically affect the outcome of the game because pretty much if you have a eight minute drive, let's say for Wisconsin, okay? Let's say Wisconsin has a drive in the second quarter where they have the ball for seven minutes. And then if they end up, Coming away with nothing or they end up turning the football over, you essentially wasted eight minutes of that quarter and eight minutes of a drive where you came away with nothing. So turnovers and being efficient on offense are really key factors for both of these two teams. Now, when you look at Notre Dame, I'm really intrigued in seeing how this young offensive line from Notre Dame handles a really good front seven of Wisconsin. And Notre Dame kind of has some concerns, I believe, when it comes to their offensive tackle spots, at least one of their offensive tackle spots. Now, Brian Kelly, okay, I definitely feel like he has a lot of confidence in his offensive line going into this game. And I definitely feel like he's not afraid of Wisconsin's linebackers, but he definitely did note that, you know, Wisconsin's linebackers are definitely going to be something that Notre Dame is going to be taking a lot of preparations for it during practice and trying to you know get this offensive line situation squared out because I definitely believe that Brian Kelly trusts his offensive line this game it's just the fact that trying to find the right pieces there so when you look at Notre Dame's offensive line against Florida State they kind of struggled But Brian Kelly believes that this offensive line has definitely improved and it's a better offensive line going into this game than what it was week one because he believes that all his starters or all the guys in the offensive line, all they really need is just some more in-game reps and they will get better as we progress throughout the season. So we're gonna see just how improved this Notre Dame offensive line is against a really nasty Wisconsin front seven. I mean, they have a lot of big bodies on the defense defensive line their linebackers are pretty much one of the best groups in all of college football so this young Notre Dame offensive line is going to have you know a really big test and on top of that you know when you look at this offensive line if this offensive line can't give jack coin um a good amount of time to throw the football then that's definitely going to be a big concern for notre dame because what if the running game for notre dame by Ky- kyron williams doesn't get going and you have to rely on jack Cohen to win the game for you my question isn't jack coin my question is can the offensive line hold up and Notre Dame does have talent when it comes to a wide receiver position and tight end. We already know they're really good at tight end, but last year, wide receiver wasn't really all that great. This year, I definitely feel like they have the wide receivers now who can make plays down the field. So really, I wanna know, can Notre Dame's off the line hold up? Now, which team is gonna be able to win on the early downs? Which team is gonna be able to get a lot of yards on first and second down? Because I don't really feel like neither one of these two teams are equipped to have a lot of success in obvious passing situations I feel like these two teams want to use the run game to set up the play action pass game and open up the passing game that way but I feel like if either team is in a third and long situation that may not be the best case scenario to have success especially when you look at the fact that neither one of these two teams are great in third down situations and when you look at Notre Dame's offense okay they're Going against one of the best third down defenses in all of college football in Wisconsin that is really great at getting off the field on third down. So, when you look at the third down battle in this game, that's going to be really important. But the most underrated factor in this game that I think is going to be a huge, huge determining factor in determining the winner of this game is going to be special teams. Because, to be quite frankly with you, I don't expect a lot of points to be scored. This is probably going to be a defensive slugfest so if you are a fan of offense you're probably going to try to want to find another game because this really isn't a game that you're going to see a lot of big plays and a lot of you know exciting plays on offense so when you look at special teams special teams is going to be huge because field position is going to be really big Big in this game, okay? Let's say Notre Dame gets the ball at the 20, and let's say they lose a couple yards. Let's say they go three and out and they're punting the ball from their own 13 yard line. So you're looking at Wisconsin, you're gonna have the ball in pretty solid field position, and field position is gonna be really big in this game when you have two great defenses. So it's really gonna be all about can you set your offense up in situations where they have short fields and they don't have have to drive the length of the field to get in the scoring range so that's why the field position battle is going to be so key in this game because if you end up having a punt that ends up getting down inside the 10 and the opposing team has end up driving the length of the field to get in the field position I don't really feel like either one of these offenses are going to be able to have that much success sustaining drives when you look at how good of defense we're going to see in this game and I do really feel like Marcus Freeman and his Notre Dame defense are going to be able to have things figured out but overall I'm going to pick Wisconsin to win this game and the reason why I think Wisconsin is going to win this game is because I really think that Notre Dame's offensive line is kind of going to be you know a little bit of a minus for Notre Dame and that's not something that we really think about when it comes to Notre Dame because of how good they are at developing the offensive linemen but this is a very young unit that they have going against a very good very talented and very experienced Wisconsin front seven and Wisconsin's front seven got after Penn State so I really feel like with Wisconsin their defensive line and their linebacks are going to cause a lot of problems up front for Notre Dame and I really feel like that's going to hinder the Notre Dame offense in this game so I'm going to take Wisconsin to win 20 to 17 is going to be my final score prediction in this game you guys let me know who you guys have winning this game down in the comment section down below if you're watching this on YouTube Now we have a game that I've been really excited for. This is my game of the week. We have Texas A&M taking on Arkansas. This game is going to be played 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on CBS A&M is a five and a half point favorite now you guys know if you guys are you know watching this from arkansas fan perspective you guys know that i am a temporary arkansas fan for this season because every year i get behind you know what's this year's Cinderella, okay? Last year was Indiana. I rooted for Indiana the year before that. It was Minnesota. The year before that, it was UCF. And I always like rooting for Cinderella stories. I always like rooting for the underdog. And I've been telling a lot of people before the season that I believe that Arkansas is going to end up being the second best team in the SEC West this year behind Alabama. And a lot of people disagree with that. Well, this is the game that I'm either going to be proved right right or I'm going to be proved wrong because a lot of people are really high on Texas A&M and a lot of people still believe that Texas A&M can win this game even with having a Babco quarterback in and Zach Cozada which Zach Cozada is not bad I think the reason why Jimbo Fisher went with Haynes King as the starters because I think he's able to do a little bit more when you look at the current offensive line situation that Texas A&M currently has okay he can make a little bit more happen when things are breaking down meanwhile when you look at Zalcazada okay he's really good when he has everything going right when he has good protection and when he has the running game at his disposal but when he's forced to have to create and things aren't really you know going the plan with the blocking and pass protection I think that's where he struggles at. Now, he did play pretty well against New Mexico. He was 19-33 of 33 through for 275 pass yards, three touchdowns through an interception. But my biggest concern is going to be, how is Jimbo Fisher going to make things easy on him and get him into rhythm in this game against a very good defensive coordinator in Arkansas and Barry Odom? And a lot of AM fans are going to say, well, all Texas a and has to do is run the full, and they should win this game I don't really think that's a fair statement to make like even if Texas A&M has success running the football with Spiller I do feel like they're still going to need Calzada to make some big throws in this game because I don't think that this is the Arkansas team that a lot of you Texas A&M fans believe that uh, that has been of the past, okay? Like, this is the best Arkansas team that Texas and them has played in a very long time. And a lot of people are asking the question, should Texas and them be on upsell alert? You're damn right you should be because this Arkansas team is for real. A lot of people keep sleeping on this Arkansas team. A lot of people are unsold because they beat Texas. They're like, oh, well, they just beat Texas. Texas isn't all that great. Okay, keep sleeping on Texas. This is the game that Texas is going to surprise a lot of people and a lot of Texas A&M fans are really concerned about the offensive line going into this game and please don't come on here and tell me that you're not because I've been reading a lot of you guys in the Bleach Report community tab because you guys know that Bleach Report has the little college football communities so everybody's able to interact with each other and all I've been seeing on the Texas A&M community tab has been the offensive line is Jimbo Fish going to have the offensive line cleaned up? Jimbo Fish needs to have a talk to the offensive line coach and rightfully so because Texas A&M's offensive line hasn't really been all that great and you're going against a really good Arkansas defensive line. You're going against a defensive line that has a lot of experience and a lot of talent. Now for me when you look at Texas a and what's going to keep you in this game is going to be your defense because you have one of the best defenses in all of the SEC. Now, KJ Jefferson, who is the quarterback for Arkansas, he's a really talented runner, okay, but I want to know how good of a passer he's going to be against a really good A&M secondary because KJ Jefferson, like, he's kind of hit a miss when it comes to his throws from time to time. He'll miss some guys open down the field. He'll hit some guys, but he's... Kind of like a streaky passer, you know, he's kind of streaky, he's kind of hot and cold at times. And Arkansas has a really good rotation of running backs and Traylon Smith, AJ Green, Raheem Saunders, um, Dominique Johnson. But I really feel like for KJ Jefferson, although we know he can do with his legs, if he's going to be able to lead Arkansas to a victory, he's going to have to be able to make some throws down the field. And the question isn't really really wide receivers because I do feel like Arkansas has a really good group of wide receivers. My question really comes to, you know, how good of a passer is KJ Jefferson? He hasn't really been tested. So when you look at this Texas and um secondary, this is a really good group. So I want to see how his decision making going to be, how his accuracy going to be because there hasn't really been a lot of games where Arkansas really has had to have big plays because they've been so dominant running the football. And their offensive line, in my opinion, is the best offensive line in the SEC this year going against a really good Texas A&M defensive line and a really good front seven. So I think that for both of these two teams, these two quarterbacks are going to have to be able to win this game, at least making a couple of big throws. I'm not saying they have to carry both two teams on their shoulders. I'm not saying Zach Azada needs to carry Texas A&M on his shoulders. I'm not saying KJ Jefferson needs to carry Arkansas on his shoulders. All I'm saying is that these two quarterbacks are going to have to make three or four big passes in this game if they respect their respective team is going to be able to pull off the victory now when you look at Calzada okay if a and is able to give him enough time to throw the football I think he can be very effective because Arkansas secondary is not bad but, you know, I definitely feel like there's some room for improvement there. And we saw that against Texas. Texas was able to have a couple of big plays there in the past game against Arkansas. So when I look at Zach Huzada, okay, like I know a lot of people question, okay, he's a backup QB and things like that. But I really feel like Jimbo Fisher is going to be able to put him in some positions to succeed. Now, obviously, we know what Texas a and wants to do. They run the, run the ball with Isaiah Spiller. And Isaiah Spiller probably is going to have 30 touches in this game at least at minimum, at least 20. And I think for Arkansas, it's going to be really big to force Texas A&M to have to beat you throwing the football. And you can probably say the same thing with K.J. Jefferson. But the thing with K.J. Jefferson is, even if you're going to force him to – get the beat you in passing situations he still is a threat with his legs which makes him such a such as a good dual threat qb so this is probably going to be a defensive battle there's probably going to be a lot of great defense being played in this game and this game is going to come down to which team is going to be able to have less costly penalties which team is going to be able to you know be able to be able to get off the field on third down and also who is going to be able to make key stops inside of the red zone because the difference between this game is probably going to be of field goals so let's say for example if arkansas is able to get inside the red zone but they're only coming away with field goals and meanwhile takes a and is getting into the red zone and instead of kicking field goals they're coming away with touchdowns that's going to be a big part of this game so for me when you look at arkansas i really like arkansas's offensive line a lot this is the best unit in the sec in my opinion and when you look at this running back rotation that they have right now, how's Texas a and going to prepare for it, okay? How's Texas a and going to be able to make sure that they have enough guys who don't get gassed on the defensive line? This is also a game that if you're Texas A&M, okay, as long as Zach Zada has time to throw, your wide receivers are going to be able to make plays. I'm not worried about wide receiver for Texas A&M. What is the main concern for me is going to be this offensive line. And if this offensive line can handle up, I think Texas A&M can get the victory. But I'm going to roll with Arkansas to pull off the upset. And I think Arkansas is going to win this game. 24-13 to 13 is my final score prediction. I think this game is going to be really tight. But I think that Arkansas late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, they're going to start to either way at yeah, Texas A&M's defense – And I trust Arkansas's offense way more than I trust A&M's offense. And the reason why isn't because I don't believe in Zach Hazzotta. I think he's more than capable of being able to get the job done. I don't trust Texas A&M's offensive line. And a lot of you A&M fans can downplay it all you want to. But you know deep down inside that you're concerned about this offensive line. And football is still one and lost inside the trenches. And when you look at how good Arkansas's defensive line is, this is a really good group. And I don't even, I think Barry Odom only uses what, he only rushes like 3D linemen. So there's going to be a lot of pressure. They don't really blitz all that much often. So when you look at Texas A&M, you're going to have the opportunity to, to, to get some big plays here and there. You're going to have some big plays that could come from what your wide receivers are able to do underneath with the ball in their hands. But overall, I don't think that off the line for A&M is going to be able to hold up. And I'm going to take... Arkansas to get the upset 24 to 13 is my final score prediction you know this is a college football season that's really unpredictable there's an upset that can happen every single week every single year in college football I understand that but it seems like we have more upsets taking place this year than what we normally have so I'm taking Arkansas to get the upset I think that the Razorbacks are going to be able to get the victory am I being a little bit biased maybe because you know Arkansas is the team that I am getting behind of I am a temporarily fan of since the Hurricanes suck and I'm rooting for Sam Pittman Sam Pittman has done a wonderful job turning around this Arkansas program but they're going to get tested in this game and they have Georgia coming up but I believe that they're going to be able to win the battle up front and even though this game is going to be a slugfest I really feel like the offensive line for Texas A&M is going to be the reason why they lose this game I really feel like This offense is going to struggle, and this defense is going to be on the field for a little bit more than what they would like to. And Arkansas, even though they may not, you know, get a lot of things going offensively early, I feel like they're just going to keep eating and keep eating at that Texas A&M defense. And eventually, the third early of the first fourth quarter, that's where we're going to start seeing Arkansas doing a lot of damage with that great running back group that they have with Traylon Smith, AJ Green, Raheem Saunders, and. Dominique Johnson. You also got to account for KJ Jefferson, what he's able to do with his legs. So I'm taking Arkansas with the upset. Now, the last game that I want to talk about, we have Rutgers going on the road to take on, Michigan. Now Michigan enters this game as a 19 point favorite. This game is going to be played 3:30 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC. So I'm going to be watching this game probably on my laptop while I watch the Arkansas and Texas A&M game on my TV. Now, Rutgers is looking really good right now. Now, I know everybody's going to be like, they haven't played nobody. They beat Temple, they beat Syracuse, and they beat Delaware. But I really feel like there's a little bit of a potential for an upset here. Now, it's going to be really tough for Rutgers. So I'm not really going to go into this game And talk about, you know, why Michigan's going to win I want to talk about what Rutgers needs to do To pull off the upset going on the road I think the first thing and the most important thing For Rutgers, and Greg Shiano already touched on this Is going to be how they're going to game plan To stop the Michigan rushing attack, okay? Because Michigan has the best rushing attack In all of college football right now They're averaging over 300 rushing yards per game They're averaging 7 yards per attempt You have a phenomenal group of running backs so i mean if you're Rutgers, how are you going to stop it well one is going to be can you be able to win the front Rutgers may not be able to do that but the second way to stop the run game is by getting up to a big lead early. If Rutgers can't get up to a 21 point lead going into halftime, then that kind of changes what Michigan has to do offensively. Because, yeah, you're still going to run the football, but you're still going to have to be able to throw the football a little bit more than what you would like to do. And when I look at Michigan, okay, I don't think Michigan's going to be down by 21 points at halftime. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm saying that if Rutgers is going to be able to stop this rushing tap for Michigan they're going to have to get out to a fast start early and force them to throw the football with McNamara now you look at Michigan I think Michigan does have some weapons at wide receiver, but Rutgers also has a pretty underrated secondary. A secondary and Rutgers that's really good at forcing turnovers. So I kind of do like to see how this matchup of the Michigan wide receivers versus the Rutgers secondary is gonna play out. And I think that McNamara, I think he's a pretty solid QB for Michigan, but he hasn't really been asked to do that much. All he really has to do is throw the ball when need be and just hand the football off to these talented running backs. So if Rutgers can get Michigan into third and long situations, I think that could also play in the factor and determine if they're going to be able to win this game or not, because you're not going to run the ball if you're in a third and seventh situation. So part of getting Michigan Michigan into those obvious passing situations are being able to win on first and second down. And if Rutgers is going to be able to do that, I think that's also going to help them. They're also going to have to be able to get stops in the red zone. So let's say Michigan is able to run the football effectively on Rutgers and Rutgers pretty much is on their heels well they can have a bimba dope break philosophy okay Michigan is going to hold the ball for 7 minutes but if they're only coming away with field goals in the red zone or if they're not coming away with anything then that's a win for you even if they're able to run the football for over 200 yards on you if you're able to hold strong in the red zone and you can come away with Michigan only kicking field goals that's Going to be able to keep you in this game, and also Rutgers has to be extremely efficient on offense. And also, Greg Ciano also said this as well he says that we didn't do anything. He says that although he does have a lot of confidence in his Rutgers team, that they're not that talented that they can make up for turning over the football. So that shows you how much he values taking care of the football and Rutgers also has a pretty good offense when it comes to ball security and they don't really turn the football over that much they don't really commit a lot of penalties so they're really disciplined so Greg Chiano One of his biggest talking points going into this game was being able to take care of the football. He also has said that this team is talented, but it's not talented enough to overcome not taking care of the football. And you also don't want to give any extra possessions to a Michigan football team. That's just a ground and pound monster that just wants to grind you because then if you end up giving this Michigan team extra possessions, they're going to end up having the ball for pretty much half half the quarter so if you're Rutgers you got to make the most out of the offensive possession that you're going to have because you could get the ball to start the first quarter and let's say you go three and out okay so let's say Rutgers goes three and out and Michigan gets the ball with 13 minutes in the first quarter you may not get the ball back until Three or four minutes left in the first quarter, and you may not even see the ball until you know, like the second quarter may be with how efficient this rushing attack is. So for Rutgers, you have to be really efficient on offense. You have to make the most out of every single possession you have. You can't afford turnovers and you can't afford to have drives when you're not at least moving the ball down the field and putting points on the board. Now they're also gonna need to force some turnovers because let's be honest, you're not going to be able to pull off this upset unless you have a little bit of luck on your way which also means some penalties on michigan's behalf but you're also going to have to force some turnovers you're going to have to give the ball back to your offense and you're going to have to make some extra possessions you're also going to have to force michigan to come away empty and that's you know a big kind when you have a great ground and pound offense when you have a great ground and pound offense yes you do take a lot of time off the clock but also if you're not doing anything and you're having the ball for eight minutes seven minutes and you're taking a lot of time off the clock you're not doing anything with it that's pretty much a drive wasted because you took all this time off the clock and yet you didn't do anything with it so for Rutgers if they're able to force at least two turnovers that's going to be extremely big in this game because Rutgers offense is going to Need some help. Like Rutgers has some. Playmakers, you have a really good um running back in Pacheco. You also do have a very good wide receiver and Bo Milton. Verdell is also a pretty solid QB. But Michigan has one of the best defenses in college football. And the big reason for that is because this defense doesn't really have to be on the field for all that long. When you have an offense that's just so great at running the football, taking time off the clock, you can just sit there on the defense and you know you can just sip on your Gatorade. So for Rutgers. This offense has some talent. You do have some playmakers, but they're going to need some help and they're going to need some assistance. And that also is probably going to include winning the field position battle, making sure that you're able to execute on special teams and that maybe you can get a couple of big returns and that sets your offense up with a short field, okay? So for Michigan, um, really all they just really need to do is to take care of the football, establish the run game, doing what they've been doing, And not have a lot of costly penalties. And they pretty much should win this game. So I'm rolling with Michigan to pull off the win. I'm hoping that Rutgers can pull off the upset. Because I'm somebody who loves chaos. I want to see the most wackiest college football season we've ever had. I want to see an upset taking place every single week. But Michigan does have a huge advantage when it comes to the talent up front on both sides of the football. That's going to be a factor. And also for Rutgers, they haven't really been tested yet. This is their first true test right here. Going on the road in a hostile environment in Michigan. So I'm rooting for Rutgers to get the victory, but I'm going to take Michigan to pull off the win, 31 to 17. I think Rutgers is going to put some points up on the board. I think they may be able to get a turnover or two, but overall, I just feel like Michigan is going to be able to get the victory here. But imagine if imagine if Michigan loses this game, then oh my God. Ooh, a lot of the hardball fans are going to be coming out. And the hardball critics have been pretty quiet so far. But man, if they lose this game to the Rutgers, then oh my goodness. And imagine if Rutgers wins this game. This would be a huge win for Rutgers. As a matter of fact, this will be one of the biggest wins that this program has had in a very long time. And Rutgers has done a pretty good job on the recruiting trail so far. So for Rutgers, if they get this win here, this would be a huge win, not only for this program, but also for the recruiting momentum as well. Because now Greg Sciano can say, hey man, the rebuild is going perfectly, man. Come on and be a part of it because we can really do some things. So I really feel like there is a bigger chance of an upset happening in this game than what a lot of people are giving their credit for, but overall, I just feel like it's really hard to bet against that Michigan football team, against a Rutgers team that I don't really know just how good they are up front, okay, and I think that Michigan is just going to be the way more physically dominant team in the trenches, so I'm going to take Michigan and get the win, but I'm hoping that Rutgers can pull off the upset. You guys let me know who you guys have winning this game down in the Comment section down below if you're watching this on YouTube. Do you think that Rutgers can keep this game competitive? If Rutgers can get this game as a if Rutgers can go into the fourth quarter down a touchdown or down three points, then I think that's a moral victory there because then anything can happen at this point. So for Rutgers, can you keep this game close? Rutgers cannot allow themselves to be down than more than ten points at any part of this game. So this is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you go ahead, leave a five-star review down below. Also, make sure that you share this podcast on your social media pages with your friends, family, and acquaintances. And I will see you guys shortly with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast.